Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to um, the blog talk this evening. I'm your host, Jameer, and this is uh, Heavenly Places. And I'd like to thank everyone for uh, tuning in this e- evening, listening. I'd also like to thank Dorothy for having me. Um, this evening, we're going to talk about uh, praying for the nation and, and nations with Everything that is going on in the world, we have, uh, if you just turn on the news uh, recently, actually, it's kind of maybe a good sign of uh, maybe President Trump meeting with uh, the uh, president or or the leader of uh, North Korea and South Korea, and they're supposed to be doing some type of uh, peace treaty. So that sounds like it might be a good thing. Hopefully it is. We're, I had I had a uh, last year a niece who was over there in the uh, Navy in the Pacific Ocean, and they was preparing to do something else. So, and she was kind of scared, but so I'm, I'm thankful that things are uh, turning out pretty good. And also just the things that are going on here in the nation in America, we have lots of issues going on with uh, racial issues and political issues. Uh, class issues, people who have money and don't have money. So there's a lot lot of uh, division and separation going on. So we're going to talk about uh, ways uh, that we can pray for our nation and other nations. And actually, I want to – actually, let me let me um, actually was, was open up with a, a prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and salvation. Um. Thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for your direction, Father. Open up our ears for understanding this evening, Father, um, with your word, your promises that are recorded in Scripture. I pray for all those who are out there, Father, um, that you would give them comfort, Father, Lord, for their family members that are in the service uh, or their loved, loved ones, friends, neighbors, um, and also those who are who are who have people in political office, maybe they're at the national level or the, or the local level, or they're just on the parent-teacher's uh, um, board. Father, I pray for them. I pray for those that they're connected with, Father, that uh, you would give us guidance and direction on uh, how we can pray effectively during these times that we're living in. Um, we ask all these things in, in your son's name, the one who died on the cross for our sins, Jesus Christ. Um, actually, before I go to this, the scripture, I want to give you, I for, forgot. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but uh, Dorothy Carruthers, she actually, uh, there's a noun for those of you who want the book Manifest Destiny, like the, the electronic PDF version. Um there's a way that you can get that, and if you contact me or her, we can send you the link. Because it's a long link address. But if you contact me at my email, is a email is a it's a Gmail email. It's d r m e r e j a y at gmail dot com. That's d r m e r e j a y at gmail dot com. Or also, you can visit my website, Jameer, J-A-M-E-R-E dot O-R-G. 
and it has uh, my contact information on that page. But uh, you can, uh, if you don't want a, a physical copy mailed to your address, you can get the uh, electronic copy for free instead of going to Amazon to uh, pay paying for it. So you can get it have it sent directly to your email. So if you want that, feel free to visit my webpage or email me. And I will make sure you get a, a copy of the electronic version. And also, I still have the physical ones, too. For those of you who want that, I will mail that one out for free. All right, let's get to the to uh, the scripture. Actually, it, it's several uh, prayer scriptures. First uh, John, I would like to read First John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And in verse 15 it says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Um, actually, I'm going to go. Um, the other scripture, Second um, Chronicles 7.14, the very uh, familiar scripture, My people who are called by my name, or humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, I know a lot of these uh, scriptures, they sound repetitive, but we we need to, we do need to hear them over and over again. It's kind of like uh, drinking water, like, oh, okay, I already drank water already today. I already drank it yesterday. But well, water, you know, is uh, the scientists and doctors tell us is uh very vital for us, you know. So these scriptures are very vital for our spirit, for our nation, for our country, for those who serve us, the uh, president, governor, um, representatives, senators, you know, they are there to, uh, at least they're supposed to be. <laughs> That's a, And judges are, are there to a service, though some of them think that we are actually here to, to serve them. Um so, but we need to pray for them regardless of what, whatever whatever uh, their uh, purpose is. Um, Jeremiah 29, verse 12, it says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You know, so I, and I want to give you one more. Actually, i got more scriptures, but I want to give you one more scripture on uh, prayer. Um, let's see. Matthew 26, verse 41 says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Um, that Matthew 26, verse 41, um, it's talking about all types of uh, temptation, you know. They could be any type of temptation, uh, maybe to say something that uh, we shouldn't say or to go somewhere that we shouldn't go or do or do something that we shouldn't do, you know. So that's why we are we ought to watch and pray. So watch um, to see what's going on. So it's good. I mean, I know the news when you listen to it is oftentimes going to be bad and be depressing. And there's there's of course so much you should take in, but of course you you shouldn't be blind either either to what's going on. That way you can know what to pray about. So we have to watch and pray. So your uh, prayers can be more effective. Um, and actually, I, when I was uh, thinking about this lesson, I had uh, a question came 
in mind up to up to my mind i was i was thinking you know and i kind of wrote it down so i thought actually the, the question i thought about is the situations that would happen so and you could think about it also so i thought about what if the united states got into a war with russia you know and i'm thinking okay so uh what do we pray should we pray that uh that we did America uh, win the war? <laughs> That's the first thing that would come to my mind. I don't want to be on the losing side, you know. Um, but I started looking at these two different countries, the United States, which I'm very familiar with because I was born here, lived all my life here, and haven't been out the country many times except to Mexico. <laughs> but uh, these two countries, I'm looking at uh, doing some research on them and looking at them. Um, we know that these two are probably the most two powerful countries in the world, if not in the top five, you know. They're both uh, the top powers in the uh, United Nations. And these countries also, they have, when you look at their population, they're also, I believe, like in the top ten of uh, countries that are uh, have the most people. So if, if there was a war going on, it would be a lot. I mean, not for the joking matter, but actually, seriously, there would be a lot of people that would uh, be killed, especially with the uh, nuclear weapons, because also we have, uh, being in powerful countries, we have the countries with the most nuclear weapons, which are able to kill mass amount of people in a, a very short amount of time, you know. Um, both of these countries... Uh, the imports and the exports, they have a, a lot going on, uh, a lot of innovation going on, a lot of education going on in these countries. It's a lot of things, you know, that are going on. Uh, Russia, I believe, is a communist, socialist, maybe socialist country. America is a republic, republic of democracy. So those two right there are, are different, diverse situations, you know, something that we don't have in common. But uh, one other thing that we actually do have in common is uh which which I found was uh, very interesting when I was researching it and I kind of thought that might be the case but uh in terms of people who are professing Christians America is the number one in terms of a population of people who profess to be Christians whether of course whatever their denomination may be whether they are uh, Catholic Protestant uh, non-denominational, Baptist, or whatever, however they want to identify this up. But America is the number one in terms of a uh, population of Christian believers, you know. And not very far down that list is uh, Russia. They're actually, number two is Brazil. They're number two on the list as far as Christian population. Number three is Russia. So they have also uh, a, a very large uh Christian population in that country And with that being Said and thinking about okay what if Russia and America went to war We would have soldiers fighting each other Military men on both sides And of course the military people they're recruited From those nations Russia and America so a good Perhaps a good portion of those Who are, are serving Whether it be the Navy Air Force or whatever they call Theirs over there also there's going to be Christians on both sides of the line. <laughs> so there's going to be Christians who have, who are under the Russian flag and there's going to be Christians under the, um, 
American flag, you know. So that right there, that right there was kind of interesting. So I thought about if this, if we got this war going on, you actually have, and I'm not saying all of them are believers or Christians, but you will, in some cases, have Christians fighting Christians, have Christians killing Christians because they're fighting for their nation and country, you know. <laughs> so they're they're fighting each other, you know. That's one of the yeah, consequences of sin, you know. Um, this separation it brings about all types of separation, and we have this this unity and conflict in, in all areas, and we have believers fighting believers. Um, uh, one thing that we can have confident though, was that they are in this war and this conflict. Um, if that war is going to happen, and actually, I believe it does happen. Not even in that case, but there, I believe there are there are been and probably have been cases where Christians from other nations were fighting each other. Second uh, Corinthians two verse eight is this something that can give us comfort uh, that we are confident. I will say, and uh, willing rather, it says uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we can be confident and know that whenever a Christian dies, we can have comfort that they are in heaven. So if they're dying while they're fighting in a war or if they're dying from from uh, drowning or, or whatever the case may be, or a car accident, we can always have this confidence, though it may hurt us, this separation, which is also the consequences of a, a sin, you know. But And and all that saying that, we can be confident that uh, they're present with the Lord. When my grandmother passed, I was confident, you know, that she was uh, with the Lord <laughs> when she had left this place because she was a, a, a woman of prayer, you know. <clears throat> but uh, getting back to this question, um, that uh, for the uh, whole blog talk podcast, the question is, well, how do how do we pray? I mean, do we pray that America wins because we're a Christian nation, or because we're a republic or a democracy, or do do we pray for peace? Because we don't we don't want Christians killing each other, <laughs> you know. If, if there's Christians on both sides, I don't I don't want them killing the other Christians. As a matter of fact, not only do we want we don't want Christians to die in war, but we don't want the people who are not Christians to die either. Because guess what? We want them to accept Christ. <laughs> so if there's a war and conflict and they're fighting each other, that's that's not good either. Because then we have Christians killing non-believers or non-believers killing non-believers. And if they haven't had a chance to accept Christ, that, um, that right there, no matter the worst things that you experience in life after that death, I mean, that, that's even worse, you know? So it's like, Oh man, well, maybe I should, uh, pray for peace. You know, that the countries won't fight each other, you know? But it seems like the right thing to think, the right thing to do, or the politically correct thing to do. But sometimes, it's like the way countries and governments are set up, is almost like we can't avoid not to pick up a weapon or declare war on one, one, one another because how the rules and regulations are set up. And sometimes, as a case where countries need to be attacked because they, those countries themselves, 
might come back and, and preparing themselves. Actually, they're preparing and equipping themselves to attack another country or because of how they're treating their own citizens, <laughs> you know. And that's one of the things that's going on with uh, North Korea while we're trying to do the peace treaty because North Korea actually treats a good majority of their own citizens like animals. <laughs> they have them in these consignment camps and they're doing who knows what, you know, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the Christians in that those countries are, are treated very harshly. Matter of fact, I believe if, if you are a Christian in those countries, you have to, to be on a hideout. You better, I mean, if they catch you having some type of worship or service, you uh, probably uh, punishable by sent, being sent to one of those labor camps, you know, um, and kind of, you know, I, I was thinking, I looked at Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. It says, uh, nation will rise against nation and kingdom will rise against kingdom. And that's talking about the end times, the times that uh, we are living in right now. So it's like, okay, if it's saying nation will rise against nation and kingdom, that's talking about kind of like wars. So if I'm praying, that's almost like praying against that. But it, it seems like if I'm praying against that, it's going to happen anyway, so in a sense, I'm kind of uh, waste, wasting my breath, almost, you know. So the question is, what do we do? How how do we uh, pray for uh, the nation, you know? Um, I guess I'm kind of, I get that, because there, there are many prayers that, that are out there, like uh, when I say prayers, like printed out prayers, like we, we pray for, our, um, like I, I pray for, I have a, family members. I have uh, family members that are in many of the branches and services, and I pray for them always. I pray for their protection. I, I pray for the direction. I pray for the Holy Spirit, not, not just protect them, but their units they, they are in, their boats that they are in, or their airplanes, or, or, or whatever um, they may be in, you know. But also, we need to pray f- for those uh, of the other country, too. We need to, to pray for their salvation, their uh, their um, protection too. But it's hard, you know, when they're shooting at each other. For <laughs> it's hard, you know, you shooting at each other, but you're praying for both of their projections. Maybe you can just pray like they're shooting and it, nobody gets hit by a bullet, you know, in order for them to be saved. Um, but our, our prayers, we need to be uh, one of the things that I, I pulled out while I was studying that we need to be have specific prayers, uh, prayers that are very specific and and, and uh, intentional, not just like no type of uh, cookie-cutter prayers, you know? <laughs> like, uh, God, just, just protect our people, protect our truths, which are, which are fine, but if you want to be more effective, I believe uh, you have to have the kind of like drill down and be more specific with your prayers. And not I just thought about myself as I was uh, studying these different nations and countries, and and though me myself, as I mentioned earlier, I, I'm I, I am a very proud American citizen, you know. Um, but you know, a while ago I had uh, researched my family and I found out some things, and I did a lot of uh, DNA tests, and I found out like, okay, I'm just not like one thing I'm just I'm not even two things I'm like if you, I mean my things got like about 15 the, the, I can't remember exactly what it is now but 15 
the 20 different ethnicities or nations or whatever on my uh, DNA reporter in front of the research that I had done with some of my family members. So though me, I'm personally, I'm really connected and I, I really love America, but I also have a, a desire for other cultures and, and groupings of people just because of, uh, not just because of that, but because of like my, my upbringing, upbringing, um, just I just just one of the things I'd like to share. I wrote about it. I think I wrote about it in my book. Um, but when I when me and my family when we were growing up in the different neighborhoods, uh, it was it was hard for me to uh, basically identify with like a, a certain group, culture, race, or ethnicity, or whatever title you want to give it to. Though. Um, I identify myself as a black American, African American man, but that's that's not so much of as a true classification of myself if I were to be specific because there's many things that was with Sammy and you can and I could tell that I didn't know that then at the time, but um as I were growing up it was hard because uh I of course, I was identifying myself as a, a black African American person when I was growing up, and I still do. But uh, when I was growing up, I, I not only you see I was rejected by white people because I, I wasn't like them, you know, and not all white people because I have actually I had a good my mother had a good friend who was white, and we called her our aunt, you know. But I, um, but also a lot of the black kids they would uh reject us and push us away too so we was like kind of like growing up and wondering who we are or what we are you know because we just the background of i mean we have white filipino in our blood uh black um and even uh middle eastern after we did the uh, research so we had all these things going in us of course everybody else is trying to figure out okay you don't look like us so you don't belong to us and we try to figure out okay well well, where where do we belong? You know, with what nation or whatever. So we always feel this sense of separation, and like we're trying to identify with different groups and different things. And after a while, you know, we will become. After we was in the neighborhood for so long, the people would come to accept us. But it was always like a fight and challenge at the beginning because there was a separation. But once they got to know us as individuals in person, like we was able to become a part of that. But I believe that's one of the things why I appreciate uh, Christianity because it was a place where I feel like I belong. Uh, growing up, we went to many different types of churches. We went to church at home, <laughs> of course, but we went to Baptist churches, Southern Baptist churches, uh, Pentecostal churches, uh, Presbyterians, all these different type of churches. And, uh, Though there were, I mean, I'm not saying there was not any discrimination going on at churches because actually they say that Sunday is one of the most, unfortunately, one of the most uh, segregated days in America. But despite saying all that or whatever, um, Christianity is a thing that uh, brings people of all groups, cultures, ethnicities, uh, classifications, rich and poor, you know, it brings all together under one flag and a uh, banner under the uh, precious blood 
of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, I, I brought up that reference of, of me growing up anyway to say that basically that I'm not like a kind of like a cutty cut 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 in person. So I, there are things there are some things that are black and white or gray, but there's also things that are in between, you know. And that's how our prayer life should also be. So if you don't have that type of prayer life, that that uh, our prayer life needs needs to change. So some sometimes we need to pray when I'm, we're applying it to this war thing. We need we need to pray. <clears throat> uh, of course, praying for peace is always good, you know. But we need to pray while they're in that struggle or conflict. We need to pray that those people will have peace in their mind, you know peace in their mind, pray for the people also that they will return home, pray pray for their salvation for for both of the uh, nations or both of the groups, you know or rather, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be Russia that we're going to do, I mean, we're fighting wars right now, though they're not big wars, but wars in uh, I believe Afghanistan there's a war going on in Iraq, there's still conflict going on you know, um Syria. So, and even if we're we ourselves uh, not as a nation involved, we need to pray. There's wars going on with different uh, nations in Africa that's going on that, that we need to pray for. You know, um, there have been many many testimonies of people who have returned home from war of, of uh, soldiers basically saying that hey, they actually seen an angel protect them, and they or they had some other type of miraculous event. It can only be explained by the power of prayer. <clears throat> so I'm not saying don't just don't pray for your loved ones, but I'm saying don't just limit it to those those things because we can see our Father do so many things that's even greater than we can even imagine or dream. You know, just imagine us uh, we praying these con- countries are going to conflict, and guess what? They ended up be- becoming saved. And that conflict, you know, so we need to think about those things also, <clears throat> and not just for the soldiers that are on the ground or on the bases and all that, but also for for the leaders. Uh, we need to pray for Donald Trump, you know, that he would make uh, godly decisions. Uh, even Kim Jong Un, uh, North Korea, or whatever the nation the nation president is, the nation of France or Australia. We need to pray, um, or Ethiopia, we need to pray for the rulers of those uh, those lands. And the Father, he, he will tell you. And even here in America, we need to, you know, what it's easy because we get caught up in the uh, Republicans and Democrats. And I'm not saying don't focus on those things because there are things that are black and white. There are things that we as uh, believers and Christians should not support. And we, whenever it's wrong, we need, we need to stand up and say it as uh, Dorothy Carruthers. She was talking about it last week. I mean, for the innocent children that are being, being slaughtered, we, we should stand up for, you know, for, for the mothers and the widows, things that, uh, and uh, if you read Psalms 82, um, it, it talks about all things that we should be standing up for, for those who cannot defend themselves, you know, we should we should stand up for those things, those uh, in, injustices that are going on, because we um, Christians, so we need we need to be specific when we are directing our prayers to uh, the nations. You know, um, 
we need to, you know, thinking about the the politicians in office, whether a Democrat, Republican, and the Green Party, whatever they are, I'll begin to think about them. And I, and some of them, they probably have walked away from Christ or never knew Him. But some of them probably grew up in Christian homes. They may have a, had a grandmother, uncle, or a cousin that were strong people of prayer and uh, read the Word, you know. But um, their focus is not so much on pleasing the Father or walking in his ways, you know. But we need to think about them as a, not just a, a political party, but as individuals. And each of us, we're in different parts of the country. We know we, we all had different representatives and different senators and all that. We have the same president, of course. But we can pray for those people that, that we know of that are in our, our part of the country or a country that prior that we did them before that we kind of pay attention to. We can pray for them, too, like the, the mayor of the city, you know. They could, they could be uh, different things, different things that have meaning to you personally are things that uh, you, can, you can pray for to make your uh, focus more specific, you know. Um. And we we pray we pray because we want the the legislation that they are passing to reflect what we are praying. You know, we want them the the pray things that are according to what our Father in Heaven that His desires are. You know, that's that's what we we uh, need to be praying for. And we can look at the uh, Ten Commandments, <laughs> you know, or the Beatitudes or different parts in Scripture, and we pray that the eyes that their eyes will be open up. That the Republicans' eyes, the Democrats' eyes, the Green Party's eyes, that their eyes will be opened up, you know, because uh, that America is uh, actually America, you know, maybe you realize that we we are a very blessed nation, you know, and I'm not saying that everything is perfect in America. I mean, there's poverty. I mean, matter of fact, right in front of the White House, there's a, a hood of the. A, a very impoverished neighborhood, you know, in urban areas, there's, there's, um, like in San Diego, Philadelphia, and Chicago, um, New York, there's large populations of homeless people. In some places, they have parts of the park where a lot of homeless people were, you know. Um, the government, you know, has all kind of crazy issues. They're spending or have in, in the past, I'm not sure what they do now, but spend the money bailing out large corporations because uh, they didn't spend their money or use their money unwisely. I, thought, I was reading something the other day where uh, they spent a million dollars or something on a refrigerator to put an airplane, an Air Force One. And I'm, I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't spend money on those things, but uh, when we have American citizens, you know, living on the streets, and some of them, they of course they did they put themselves out there. But we have some of them who are veterans who served this country in war and overseas, and they're they're almost like the forgotten people. My my father's a veteran, and he goes to the uh, VA, and I see a lot of them. I get to talk to them whenever I go there with them. And also, my grandfather, uh, the VA, you know. But some of these people, they like the government did a bailout. Some of them, they just they just need a break. You know, there was a time in my life, I remember when I was living in a shelter, you know, I remember being in a line at the Salvation Army and eating lunch with, with all the other people, <laughs> you know, 
and it's and it's hard to see all the uh, the things going on and atrocities. You know, like with many of the minorities, you know, you see it they're being gunned down by officers, and and it's not just the minorities. It's it's other people that are gunned down too. They don't focus it focus on it so much of the media, but there is something going on with the authorities where they're gunning down civilians where there there needs to be another way. I'm not saying that all cases are like that because sometimes people do need to be shot, but there needs to be, it's not the same pretty cutter thing when you do the same thing every time, you know. Um, I know myself when I had applied for jobs before, I I was told by some of the people, well, we're not going to hire you because uh what you look like. You know, and then some people are discriminated because of their age. Or you, you too young, or you too old. You know, I understand young. You might not have enough experience, but too old, no. I mean, like if you move with something, you don't got the capability. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, but when you have the the mental mentality and all these kind of things, they discriminate against you. That that right there is not justice. You know, that's injustice. <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, I've, I've experienced some of these things I've, I've, I've shared with you, you know. But I, I know me myself. I'm, I'm, I'm far from imperfect. But uh, despite all of these injustices that I just mentioned in America, guess what? I'm, I'm still glad I'm here in America. <laughs> and it, the main, one of the main reasons why is because of what I hear is going on in other countries. I mean, America here, we still have many freedoms and liberties that a lot of countries don't have, you know. Um, for example, like, in and I can't remember what Middle Eastern nation it was, but women and one country, I think they were just recently allowed the right to drive. And that, that's just one example. Um, I watched this documentary, I believe I talked to you, about this before uh, on National Geographic and it talked about this area in Central America actually it's between if you're you're familiar with your geography between South America and the country of Panama is this area they call the uh, Darien Gap and what it is is it's miles and miles and miles of treacherous um, swamp lands and animals are in there and they have like uh, guerrilla armies that are in there, like people who are like looting and raiding. They go to the cities and then invade and then come back to that area because it's like a really a swamp area. You can't drive any cars or trucks or anything like that through it. You got to kind of like walk through it, you know. And it's called this area is called uh, the Darien Gap. But uh, in this documentary, it's talk it's talking about. Um, all these people from uh, the different nations and countries, you know, they travel to this Darien Gap just so they can get to America. And they and they walk, and I think it takes them weeks to walk. To, they said sometimes it's so hot in there that people have to take off some of their clothes because not just because of the heat, but because, like, a T-shirt or a jacket because of the weight, the weight of it. I guess it's a T-shirt. How how why does so why does it waste so much? Is because of all the energy they expend. They need all their energy just to make it through this area, you know, so they can get to Panama. And then after they get to Panama, they got to go all the way up through all the different 
countries. This is down there in Central America, and they had to go to Mexico, and they're all trying to get to America because they want to have the uh, American dream. So if they're trying to leave their country and they're going through all of this stuff just to get here and and all the injustices I just mentioned, that just tells you what's going on in the rest of the world, you know. So despite how bad the things are going on in America, it's still a lot better than many of the uh, places in the world. And uh, we as believers and Christians, uh, we should understand that. And not not only that, but we should look at the people because right now they're trying to build a wall. Um, and they're trying to block those people from coming in. I'm, and I'm not really trying to talk against the wall and all this kind of stuff because we need, we need protection because uh, there's some of those people – and that Ms. Doyle doesn't have that hasn't happened yet. Uh thanks thank thankful to the favor and blessings of the Lord, of course. But there's there might be someone one day that's in that group that wants to blow up <laughs> blow up America or blow up some community or, or shoot somebody up. So we gotta have we gotta have wisdom. You know, we gotta have wisdom. We just cannot let everyone in because it might be a terrorist. But but in the same time we should not be doing things in practice out of fear. Second Timothy chapter one verse seventeen it says the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So we had to do things to wisdom. And what that looks like, it might be a wall where we're letting them in one by one or something like that. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but we need we need to pray because in this documentary actually some of the people that were in that video were leaving their country in the Middle East because they had became Christians and they were being persecuted in their country. So they decided, Hey, it's better for me to go to this Darien gap and go through all of this didn't face the atrocities because even his own family, you know, had turned, turned on him. So a lot of those people are Christians. They're trying to uh, escape the persecution of their country. Not all of them are, you know, um, but some of the people are there, they're a different face. Or some of them, they might not have any any faith at all. <clears throat> but the thing is, we have the as believers and Christians, okay, that that's the opportunity for uh, the gospel opportunity for us to pray, you know. And if we if we don't know what to pray for, if we don't know what to pray for, then we look to uh, Solomon. We just ask for wisdom. Um, actually, I want I want to read that passage to you. Talking about prayer and praying, praying for wisdom, praying for the nation, praying for direction of things that are going on. Uh, let's see, this is a First Kings, and I'll start off in uh, verse four because this, this is very good. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want to give, want me to give you. And Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on a throne to this very day. 
Now, Lord God, you have made me servant king in place of my father David. And I like how he said he was a servant king. So anyone who's in a position of power, uh, they're actually servants to us, you know. Um, Jesus is is the ultimate example of that. When he uh, washes his disciples, he, he sees himself as a servant to us. Um, Donald Trump, servant to us, you know. Uh, your governor of your state, servant to you. Uh, Solomon, right here in verse 7, he says he's a servant, you know. He says, but he goes on to say, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerner heart to govern your people and distinguish between right, right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. And the Lord was pleased with Solomon and asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for death of your enemies, but for the discernment and administration of justice. So this, look at this. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for more money. He didn't ask for long life. Those are like things I would like think to ask for. And this right here, he didn't even ask that his enemies be destroyed. And the, the father is saying, hey, you didn't ask for any of those things. But he said, you asked for discernment to and administration of justice. And that's what our father is about. He wants us as believers to administer justice. Um, justice sometimes could be where we uh, had to put our enemies to death. But sometimes justice can be where we forgive our enemies or, what, or whatever it may be, you know. Let me go ahead and read, read verse 12. Verse 12 says, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. There will never be one like you, nor ever will be. So basically he says, hey, there's no one ever going to be more wise than you, Solomon. And moreover, guess what? I'm I'm not going to give you just that, but I'm going to give you wealth and honor so that in your lifetime there will, there will be no equal among kings. So he's going to be he's going to be rich like he just won a lottery with that prayer, you know, a whole bunch of, bunch of lotteries, you know. And we see, see in this example – Basically, almost right after he asked for this and right after this prayer, the scripture tells us uh, actually two women came up to uh, Solomon. And guess what? Both of the women, they were were prostitutes, and both of them were seeking justice, you know, because actually verse 16, it says, Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. And one of them said, Pardon me, Lord, this woman who I live, in the same house, and I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman had a baby, and we were alone, and there was no one in the house but the two of us. And during the night, this woman's son died because she laid on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. And she put him on her breast and put my dead son on my breast. I mean, put her dead son on my breast. And then the next morning, I got up to nurse my son, and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. And the other woman said, no, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one said, no, the dead one is yours, and the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. So they was going back and forth and saying, no, 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 yeah, 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 you know. And the king said, 
this this one says my son is alive and your son is dead. While the other one says no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me his sword. So they brought the king the sword for the king. He then gave the order to the living child and to give half to one and half to the other. And a woman who was alive was deeply moved out of out of love for her son and said to the king, please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is a mother. And when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God and administered justice, you know. So this is uh, what we need to be praying for as a a nation, that that justice will be uh, administered, and, you know. Uh, pray that our, our governor, our our city mayor, our our the the uh, our the person the superintendent of our school districts, the uh, the warden at the prison, um, our ambassador at an embassy in another country. We need to pray for them that the that the father will give them wisdom to uh, administer justice. You know, sometimes we think it's just about judges that, and we need to pray for them too, but there are uh, situations and circumstances that uh, these different people what, that are in places of authority are facing. You know, something something needs to be done, something needs to be said, and, and they probably just have the training that they went to the secular schools or, or even that they went to Christian schools, you know, universities and and things like that, but they just are still practicing the ways of the world, but they need wisdom, things that you cannot learn in schools, the things that could only be received by the Holy Spirit. And we need to be praying for them for that. We need to be praying it for us, for ourselves too, because we, Ourselves, uh, the scripture calls us a royal priesthood and a holy nation. So we are also servants like Solomon, and we are in different positions. Maybe it's at our work or family or or whatever it may be, and we're in a place where we could uh, administer some type of justice. No, it might not be like on as a grand scale as a uh, president or as a a grand scale as a, uh, a principal at a school. But we still have within our own community, our own environment, that our Father has given us authority and jurisdiction on, that we can practice uh, justice in the lives of others. Um, justice can be uh, helping a older lady to walk across the street. For example. It could be something that doesn't have to be any anything complicated, but it, it can be. Justice can be when you... Uh, see someone be being discriminated against not just because of their age but be, but because of their skin color you know maybe you have to go to the city council and do something um or maybe you don't actually go and do something you can do actually something more powerful and pray that god would change the officer's heart or the uh, chief's heart or whoever it may be that they they would uh provide training on that on that area, <laughs> you know, so it, it doesn't always have to be when you're out there 
on the front line. Actually, prayer prayer is more powerful. But the thing is, you just the thing is, you just can't pray <laughs> either. Even though prayer is more powerful, you also have to be our Father wants us to do things of faith. Our people in action, faith, faith. You know, they say faith is a uh, action word. So we have to be uh, be people of faith. We have to to take action. Uh, for example, of uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. You know, he he saw that it was a uh, people who uh, needed equal rights for uh, for blacks, you know. And it wasn't really, he's, though he's just like kind of like the face of the movement. He was a very powerful and prolific uh, speaker, able to express things and communicate things that all people could understand. Very educated man, very spiritual man. Um, but he was like the face of it, but there was all types of people in the background who sat in restaurants, um, who boycotted buses, you know, they was holes down. And guess what? It just wasn't black people. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was white people. It was uh, Indians, you know, however they wanted to identify or classify themselves it was women, you know, um, they, and they all did things of action and they all, they prayed too. They prayed too. They, they would talk about prayer, you know, but they seen injustice going on. So there were things they, that they were doing about it. And uh, one of the issues that I thought about recently that's kind of like kind of dividing people is uh, the thing that's going on in the uh, NFL where uh, one of the players, actually at first, his name was Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick, he was sitting down on the bench during the national anthem, so he was sitting down. Um, Then he talked to uh, a Green Beret, uh, I guess somebody, a retired Green Beret person, and he said, well, you probably shouldn't be sitting down, actually. And in order to honor, you don't want to dis- be disrespectful. You want to take a knee and honor reverence. So he, and anyway, he he was sitting down, not protesting the, the, the army or whatever, but he was sitting down protesting the injustices going on the street with the police officers against the uh, minorities with the um, the shootings. But anyway, so the, the guy was like, no, don't don't sit down. You need to get on your knee and do that. So anyway, he started doing that. And anyway, to make a long story short, we have this thing where he was kicked out of the NFL and uh, it's caused a great division amongst people. Okay. So they'd be standing. So what should be going on? You know, what, or what should we do? And then we, as believers or Christians, sometimes we can get trapped in the lines that we got Christians fighting against Christians, you know, and that's, and that's not the way it should be. You know, we need to get to the root of the issue like Solomon did because, uh, none, none of us is uh perfect. We Solomon, even though I'm not sure if any of them was, a, a, I guess they were both had to be uh Jewish or Hebrews, um, people of Israel, you know, but they were both prostitutes, you know, but they, though we had those people, going against each other and uh, Solomon he was able to rule and practice justice by by his prayer of the father asking him for wisdom on how he should rule in that situation and God gave him discernment and sometimes we like to act, act outside of that wisdom and it ends up causing us actually to spin wheels where there's no progress being happening or no progress taking place and we want progress to happen. We don't want to be stuck on the same issues over and over and over again. So that's where we need to have wisdom so we can deal with the issue once and for all instead of having this history of uh, repeating ourselves, you know. 
So um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to close off with that and um, just encourage you that, that when you pray, that you uh, make your prayers specific because I'm – I mean, I'm not trying to trying to say anything against any other time, but this is a time that we're living in. The time is now, and unlike any other time, that uh, we we uh, need prayer. <laughs> we need prayer. America greatly needs prayer. All, actually, all the world needs prayer. I'm just saying America because I live here. Um, but all the world needs prayer. Nicaragua needs prayer. Um, Honduras, Chile, all these nations need prayer. We all need prayer. But uh, during this time, there's a lot of things. The enemy, he's really doing things, trying to create separation and division. And it's uh, very, very important that we pray. Actually, I want to close one other story I forgot to mention. But uh, it was back in the uh, – it was a queen over Ireland. And she said that uh, she was – or this is – I'm not sure exactly if she said it, but it was quoted that she said that she uh, didn't fear any army. But she, there was one thing that she did fear, and she said she feared this more than any army, actually. And it was the prayers of a man, and his name was uh, John John Knox, I believe. He was a uh, reformer, you know. And she, the queen, um, I, I believe she was King James' son. I mean, she was King James' daughter, and she had ended up being a queen. And uh, anyway, she said, I don't fear... If I don't fear any army, but I do fear more than any army, <laughs> the prayers of this man. Uh, so we can, we, of course, if you're walking in holiness and walking according to the words and um, promises of the Father, if you're a leader, you should not fear prayer. You should uh, want prayer. But if you're not, then we need to make those people who are trying to pass legislation <laughs> that are contrary to the things and purposes that God our Father has planned for America and the world, we need to cause them to be in fear of uh, what uh, the Father's going to do through our prayers, you know, because he's going to execute justice. You know, Isaiah 60, chapter 1 says, a gross darkness covers all the nations of the earth. So we know that there's a darkness happening, but it also says that the light is rising and the light is shining, and that's us through our prayers and our prayers of wisdom. Um, Dorothy, are you there? Do you have anything Yes, yes. Um, definitely very important to be specific with our prayers and to uh, pray according to Father's will because you've got to remember he's not just the God of America. He's everybody's God who will accept him. And I know I am very upset about the racism in America, you know, because there are certain peoples that are playing that card that just, you know, they're dividing people. They're making people um, emotional and telling them that people are out to get them because of their color, which, like I've said before, I don't think there's any pure races left at this point. I really don't. (laughs) Like you found out with your DNA. I know I'm not pure. I mean, I'm white, but I'm not pure, you know, I've got Indian, I've got English, I've got this, I've got that. So, you know, this, this one race, it's the human race. And it's a 
bothers me to no end that these people want to, you know, play that card. And, you know, the Democrats didn't only do it to the blacks. I was just watching an American experience on the Chinese. They even did it to the Chinese. Mm -hmm. And then they tried to get the Chinese to take the place of the slaves. So there's a certain group of people, and they're everywhere. They're all over the world, not just America, that are hung up on race and will use race to divide. And it's just so wrong. Even in India, you have it. (laughs) Yes. And look at what... You have Indians who are discriminated against themselves, you know. And you've got the, uh, in, in one of the countries in Africa, they're killing all the white farmers, which is not very bright oh, yeah. when you think about it, you know, because these people haven't been farming. They don't know how to farm. So if you kill off all the yeah. farmers, you're going to starve, baby, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. This it's, it's it's a sad this, thing because wherever he can bring dis- destruction and use the flesh to kill and to kill, steal, and destroy. He he gonna do it, and we gotta pray against it. Yeah, and and the I was very upset when uh, the the NFL players were kneeling at you know during the anthem because I'm a patriot and I you stand during the anthem you know there's just some things that are not done and it never occurred to me when it started that it was a racist, racist thing to say that because I wasn't looking at the color of the players. I was looking at the behavior of the players, you know? Mm-hmm. In my head, color had nothing to do with it. And I think it was that way for President Trump, too, because I don't think he thinks in colors either. But, um, you know, he's invited them to the White House to discuss what they see as injustices. Yeah, and I, that's no. one thing I don't I don't like that. Uh, I know I understand people want to protest and they don't want to go there, but I think like it, it I think that'll be a great opportunity for like a player or team to go there. That way they can let their concerns be known and voiced. Like this is going on and this is going on and this is going on because it's it's one thing when you when you hear it or see it on TV, but then it's another thing when you actually sitting down there and talking with a person, you know. So I think that, like, as the NFL teams, they can go there if they feel like they're being treated like this or whatever or the things is going on. And Donald Trump is a person who can do something about it. I mean, he uh, made he moved the embassy to uh, to uh, Jerusalem. So, Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Like, so he 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 seems like he's like a person that would be a, a man of his word or word or actions. Out of me, I don't know him personally. But maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that something like if something's guaranteed to happen, but maybe something will ha- will happen if you if you come before him and just like, hey, they're they're doing this, they're doing that, or whatever. What, what can be, what can you do? The, what type of legislation or type of initiatives or money or programs can you start to provide to help help this situation? You know. Yeah, at least he listens. And look at the people he's been pardoning, people who have had great injustices brought against them. You know, when it's brought up to his knowledge, oh, that can't happen, so he pardons them, you know. So 
Oh yeah, like I recently just, the lady, the lady who, uh, even though she was doing something wrong, but like the, the punishment that they gave didn't really fit the crime, and she had been locked up for all those years. <laughs> you know. And and you do have so. to wonder because you can't, you know, the longer sentences giving to blacks over whites is is just a little off-putting. Well, it's a lot off-putting, actually. So. You know, there there are some injustices that need to be corrected. And yeah. I, I like what he's doing to the Justice Department. He's trying to get it back on track to, you yeah. know, what it's supposed to be. So these... Uh, yeah, it's like nothing, nothing's going to happen overnight, but the thing is this is going to be moving in that direction. That's that's my main thing, that we move in that direction to where we... we even though it might be seem like something little, you know, but it's, it's something it's something worthwhile, you know, that, that can happen that we can change, you know. And I think the cops are scared. I think they're, that's why they're getting um, trigger happy with everyone, you know. So I think they're really scared because there's been so much rhetoric against them. Plus, they've had people just come flat out gunning for them. You know, so they're scared. So they're a little, you know, on edge. As I know one yeah, time yeah. I was uh, talking to a cop, and, you know, it's my it's natural for me to reach out and touch your arm when I'm talking to you. It's a connection point. Well, you shouldn't know to do that with a cop, I'll tell you, because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one time I had been pulled over, and then he said uh, something about – do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, uh, he he said, I said, he said, he said, you know, and I said, no, I don't know why. And he said, because uh, your um, something about my tag was about to expire or something like that. And I was like, oh, Lord. And then that's all I said, that's what I said, oh, Lord. Because it was about to expire the next day or something, but that's why he said he pulled me over because he wouldn't let me know. But then he, but then when I said, "Oh Lord," he said, "Would you like?" He said, "Like in a very defensive, would you say?" Because he thought I had said something about him. <laughs> but I said, "No, I just said, oh Lord." <laughs> but like the police officers, there one thing that I realized because I have some family and friends that are police police officers is that uh, a lot of, they're trained in a certain way, and obviously a lot of it has to do with the training. And, and some of them are mm-hmm. here, but then they they get trained to like to shoot a certain way and do certain things under certain situations. And there are some situations where I've seen on TV, like, like really there was nothing else they can do, but then there are other situations where they should have behaved a certain way. So all of them is like, you gotta, you gotta look at each situation differently and examine it under, under his own cases and circumstances. You know, the media, if you look at the uh, statistics, it, it is more um, minorities that are killed, but, also, the media, what they do is they, they kind of act like that it doesn't happen to to white people either. But you look at it, white people, they're also being killed and gunned down. But that gets to the, the back to the thing, what you're saying, the fear and also the training, you know. I believe that has to be a, a lot more training. And then also, like, the fear thing is, like, that's just something like a human type of nature thing. Because not, not only black blacks, minorities are being killed, but also white people, all civilians, you know, they're also being killed, but the media doesn't talk about that because they want to, they want to create where it's like a, 
the officers against the black people, which might might be a little bit true to it, but that's not the whole truth because there's um, also others that are being killed by the, the police too, mentioned in the news. I tell you, I wouldn't want to be a cop out there today because, you know, you've got the gangs, you've got the media against you, you've got uh, was it Reggie Jackson, who's the other one? Um, there's another one. He's starting to look really poorly, too. Um, Al? Al? Is his name Al? Oh, Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton. Have you noticed how poorly he's been looking lately? I don't really watch them. I don't. I don't like to watch the uh, the ones who like the the, the okay. yeah. Because the thing is, you you watch them shows and they just get you frustrated. And you hear the people talking, and then a lot of times they're talking about it. What they end up talking about is like very, very, very repetitive and it accomplish nothing. But it out, they end up where they're making money and they're looking good, but they're not really helping the people. <laughs> no, they're not helping the people at all. But uh, I know they they always get their little fifteen seconds of uh, on on those cases. They always get their moments of fame, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, but the main thing I would say is if, if they can just if we we because our second Chronicle seven fourteen basically. Even though, but despite all the wickedness and everything that's going on in the world, uh, the father he he he's he's going to look at them and deal with the world, but he's wondering what we're doing, and what we're going to do about it. So he's talking about if my people, then he's going to do something about it. But we first we have to, you know, so we really can't so much depend on uh, the world to change change the change the world because they're going to do as they they do. <laughs> Which is things that are not according to the father, but our father, he's he's uh, looking at us. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm holding you accountable because I I left you guys here to do something about it because you guys are supposed to be in a, a position of wisdom and authority that the world doesn't understand. So that uh, he's looking at us <laughs> and saying what we're going to do. Um, and we need to pray for. For the people and against the behavior. So, yeah. which is yeah. difficult to do sometimes because they behave so poorly. You just get so exasperated with them. And sometimes you just want to take them by the shoulders and shake some sense into them or box yeah. their ears <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so, so true. But yes, forgiveness and praying for for the people, you know, Father, you know, show them your glory. If they can be saved, please save them. If not, and they're going to continue to behave poorly, let's get them out of that position. Just get them out of the way so, you know, proper people can be in there. Yeah, yeah, because we uh, we we need to start doing that transition now. <laughs> you know, because of the the uh, enemy, his time is short, and um, so basically, the one, the one other thing I know a little bit over, but the uh, end times, a lot of people call it the end times, but it, it's really at the, it means the end of the age, 
uh, what yep. scripture says, but end of age, like meaning just like a transition time to another time. And right now we're at that that transition time. That's what it is, really, is transition, where the kingdoms of this world is being transferred to the kingdom of our Father in heaven. And so that's why there's all this resistance going on everywhere, because they the world or the enemy doesn't want it to happen, so he's manipulating people whoever he can because he doesn't want this transition to happen. So actually we're going to be existing on this earth for a good, good time. So we need to, we're supposed to be the John the Baptist of preparing for this transition for when the father comes back, you know, he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. <laughs> so we need, we need to get our, ourselves together. And so as we get ourselves together, then those who are in authorities, of the, the authorities and, and worldly positions can uh, follow our lead as servants of them and they who serve us in those positions. Yeah. So it's, it's say, exciting just, times. It is. I'm so happy for the North Koreans because, you know, the yeah. South Koreans and the North Korean Christians have been praying for this day to come. And, yeah. uh, I'm Actually, hoping Kim Jong Un is is serious. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with, with one thing that uh, I was listening to because uh, I like the basketball, I was listening to Dennis Rodman, a basketball player, and one thing he realized that he said that was a uh, very, very prophetic. That he didn't realize it, but he said something about North Korea. He said the door is now open. In North Korea, but he don't. He's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it is open to like, like negotiations and all that kind of stuff. But what he didn't realize is what you were just saying. It is also open for that because of the prayers that were going on. So that's the part of the prayer that I was talking about. And then the action part is with Donald Trump and all the uh, the political figures and Kim Jong Un is doing. But they don't realize that that oh, there's actually many Christians over there already. They're just being persecuted. But it's going to be even more now because it's going to be more liberties if everything goes according to how it appears to be going right now for the uh, gospel of the Great Commission being filled with the gospel being preached to the uttermost parts of the earth. <laughs> you know, so. The door Franklin, is Graham is, is, Franklin Graham is planning to go over there. Yeah. With the uh, Samaritan's Purse, so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good that he's going over there, and it, it's like uh, some other ministries too. I'm not sure if, if anyone has heard of um, it's a ministry called the 1040 Window Ministry, and the 1040 Window is actually uh, it's a um, the longitude and latitude of the globe, like the 10 degree, 40 degree, and what it is, it's like uh, and that 1040 Window area is all the nations that are mostly persecuted, and. Uh, so they they send prayer teams over there to those nations. They've been praying, doing it for years, and sending Bibles over there and tracts in the people in the individuals' language and tongues and all that kind of stuff. And that's one of the nations was that North Korea that, that they have over there in that 1040 window. So yeah, so yeah, the more people we can get over there, then I'm pretty sure uh, they've been preparing for, uh, Billy Graham's ministry been. Preparing for this day, they, I'm pretty sure they already got plenty of material to send that language. So they've been waiting for this day. 
But yeah. I, I guess I – go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I'm just – like I said, I'm just so thankful you can – if you – like I said, if you pull back and get out of your little little sphere that you're in and you look at the world, you can really see Father's hand moving to bring in the final harvest. And yes. we've got to pray yes, into that. Yeah, we do because it's gonna be it's gonna be people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. So nobody's gonna be left out. Well, it is gonna be people who left out who don't want to be involved. But there's gonna be somebody from from every every culture. That's so amazing. Every ethnicity is gonna be someone, you know, saved and and enter into the to, to the kingdom of light. So that that's fantastic. Even though we wish it could be every single person on the planet. But we know it won't be that way. No, it won't. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part, coming up against those people who dig their heels in and just say no to God all the way. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and tuning in and, um, I'll close out in prayer to thank, thank uh, Dorothy for, for having me. And I will hear or talk to you all again next week. Um, Father, we thank you for this day, Father. I, I lift up all the listeners. Father, Lord, you would guide and direct them, Father, Lord. Give them dreams, Father, Lord. Visions, oh, Father, Lord. Um, show them what they're supposed to be doing in their lives, oh, God, in this season, Father. Um, open up opportunities for them to be lights and witnesses in their communities, Father. Um, help them, Father Lord, uh, in their bodies, oh God. Heal their bodies, Father Lord. Heal their relationships, oh God. Give them provision. Give them finances, oh Father Lord, um, so that they can contribute to missions, oh God, Lord. Maybe it's uh, Franklin Graham, Billy Graham Ministry, who's, who's uh going to be going over there and they want to contribute to that or whatever it is, Father. Give them provision, oh God, Lord, so they can um, uh, bless you and, and uh, spread spread your word, spread your good news, oh Father, Lord, for, for the good for the goodness of the people so that they, they won't be left in darkness, Father. We ask all these things, Father, and, and your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Amen. Thank, thank you for having me, and uh, thanks everyone for for uh, listening. And um, I will I will be on next week. What are we teaching next week? Have you figured that out? Or are you still praying on it? Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I, I got a couple of ones, but I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you know tomorrow. Okay, as as long as okay. I know far enough in advance to create the show, that's all. Okay. All right. And everyone out there, y'all have a blessed week, and just strive to draw closer to your Heavenly Father and make your calling sure and clear, because we all have jobs to do. Yeah. Right? Good night, Shamir. Good night.